And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. You are listening to The Beat, podcast from The Athletic. I'm Brendan Quinn, here with the great Nick Baumgartner, here with the great Austin Meek. And gentlemen, the plane has landed. Never took off, man. It's finally. <laughs> never took off. Just sat it there on the runway. I, I felt like you guys were, you know, we've all probably been in a plane, right, where you're just circling a city. Yeah. Waiting oh, yeah. to land. Holding to pattern. To me, that kind of Holding feels pattern. like the last two months of your lives. Exactly. Six years, one of the two. That's fine. <laughs> Two months, six years, whatever. But no, 100%. Jim Harbaugh, mm-hmm. extensioned, extended through 2015, reworked contract. Every, anyone listening to this knows the, yeah. the, the, what did I 2015. say? 2015, you're going back in time. <laughs> <laughs> they'd, probably like, they'd probably like to retroactively yeah. sign him to 2015. Yeah, we could get 2015 Jim people. Harbaugh back here. They'd, probably, yeah, they'd, they'd probably, go for that. Probably would have got a raise. I think a lot of people would sign that deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so rework deal, uh, rework compensation package, a lot to read into this. Um, a lot of, I think this because of this. Um, but hey, one of the beauties of Jim Harbaugh not going to the NFL is that if you sign a deal like this in the NFL, you pretty much immediately have to come out and have a press conference and your general managers talks and you talk and the owner talks. In Michigan's case, they get to just be like, wash their See hands of it and be like, oh, that was never an issue. What are you talking about? Um, See it, and, See and nine we months. can all just sit here and speculate. So that's what we will do for the next hour or three. Um, so you guys have been, you know, digging into this thing for an ungodly amount of time. When you, let me ask you this to start off. When you finally saw the workings of the deal, right? Okay, this is what it was. This is what these two sides, after all this time, agreed to. Mm-hmm. What were your initial takeaways? Austin, go ahead. I'll uh, I can follow. All right. Well, I think that you know, I think there's two ways to look at it. I, from a financial perspective, I agree with what uh, with what Andy Staples wrote on Friday, yeah. which is that this is kind of a rarity in college sports. A deal that makes sense, you know, financially. Uh, on both sides and a deal that is seems to reflect reality in terms of Jim Harbaugh's results at Michigan because so often we see schools just stumble into giving these huge contracts that you know have no connection uh, to winning games and then they end up on the hook with these buyouts. Uh, and so I, I do give some credit to Michigan and, and to Jim Harbaugh for negotiating a contract that you know looks pretty prudent and and pretty sensible he's still making four million dollars a year it's not like he's making chump change uh but to go from making eight million dollars a year uh and basically have your your compensation cut in half like that's not a small thing especially in, in college sports right now so financially i think you know we have to you know we have to acknowledge that both sides came together on something that looks pretty sensible but you know, fans uh, fans don't get excited about numbers on a spreadsheet. They get excited about wins and losses. And if if Michigan is five and seven next year, I don't think it's going to make anybody feel any better uh, that Jim Harbaugh's you know working on a reasonable contract. Like it's ultimately the success of it ultimately is going to come down to whether Jim Harbaugh can get the program back on track. And I, I think that's very much the question. I, Nick, what did you think? Yeah, when we'd heard, um, it was like October, November, somewhere in there that, you know, that this was likely going to result in an offer for less money. And then the converse, you know, when I first heard that, I I think I was like, okay, well, (laughs) 
that's going to be an interesting conversation when you guys have to sit down with him and, and tell him we're going to have you take a pay cut. But at the same time, no. I mean, like it, it, when it first happened, it was like, okay, well, that makes a lot of sense logically. I don't know if you'll be able to get him to do it. And this was like, you know, this was in the fall. This was, I don't know if it was November, October, whatever it was, but it was earlier than, you know, last week, obviously. And there was a long way before they were going to have that, you know, conversation to sit down and do it. And a lot of it had to do with, you know, like you said, there was a 2021 piece to that original deal that promised him $8 million, which meant the whole time. And to me, the one of the bigger sticking points in the middle of all this, or the question, I guess I shouldn't say sticking point, but my question was, you know, is Ward going to be able to get Harbaugh to give up $4 million next year to take $4 million less and begin this thing with an obvious, I mean, look at this. This is this is this has something to do, obviously, with COVID and everything else. But this is a performance deal as well. I mean, that's and that's how this was going to be looked. And then you thought back in October, November. Well, how's this going to look if you present this to him? You know, at the end of a horrible season, everything else. And after a while, it just became very clear that <clears throat> you know Ward Manuel's you know only uh, I guess concern was we need to figure out a way to get this salary fixed. We need to figure out a way to sit down and get a plan. We need to hash it out. We need to find out if Jim wants to be here. We need to figure out how to do all that. He didn't care about anything else. It was just a matter of we need to get that to the finish line, get him to sign it. And I think once they sat down and talked, you know, everything kind of took care of itself. But I, you know, I, I agree with Austin. I think that, you know, what Andy wrote made a lot of sense. Um, I think Ward Manuel and Michigan probably deserve credit for um, getting it done. Although at the same time, like, you know, Again, we've said this so many times, like there's no reason that it ever had to go this far anyway. It was just a situation that got out of control a little bit due to COVID and everything else and the, and the timing and the windows and everything changed. But ultimately, this deal makes a lot more sense than re-upping him at his original cost or just letting him go on the last year or any other scenario. And also, you know, the only other thing there, I guess, would be, you know, that we can talk about this. Like, Would it have made sense to fire him? I mean, we're, like before we move on here, I guess Austin, would it have made any sense to fire? Did you land on anything either way on that one? Like when this whole thing was happening, like should they fire him? Should they keep him? What should they do here? I don't know. For me, it's a complicated question, but I, I'm curious on your thoughts on that. Yeah, the the question that I had is, you know, is there a scenario where Michigan ends up regretting this contract? Right. Uh, and you can look at the financial terms of it and say it's so low risk for Michigan. Uh, that, you know, there's ideally it will work out that even if you have to fire Jim Harbaugh next year, you're only mm -hmm. on the hook for $4 million. You're not going to regret giving him that contract extension because there's a huge buyout. I think the only way Michigan regrets doing this deal is if things just go downhill next year with Jim Harbaugh, it becomes apparent that they have to make a change and the program is, is ends up in a worse place that, than it is right now. Right. And the next coach has a bigger hole to dig out of. And your next coach, whoever that is, if you think Matt Campbell is, is the guy, uh, if you had a chance this year to go out and get Matt Campbell and you don't have that chance next year and you end up settling for somebody uh, that is not as high on your list, I think that's the only way that Michigan ends up regretting this deal. And I think if you look at it right now, uh, you know, Matt Campbell's probably going to be out there next year. If, mm -hmm. if you have to make a change, it doesn't look like he's going anywhere at Iowa State. So if he's your guy, if you want him, he's probably going to be there next year. If there's somebody else you think is your guy, probably going to be out there. Or maybe Jim Harbaugh gets it turned around. Maybe, you know, maybe he wins 10 games next year. And all of a sudden you've got a deal you know, with a coach that looks like, looks like a bargain. So I think it's, it's a pretty low risk deal from Michigan's end unless things just go off the rails next year. And, you know, hey, this was a bad season. Uh, yeah. Based on what we saw this year, I mean, I thought you put it well, that the biggest challenge of Jim Harbaugh's career right yeah, now to is. get this back on track. Uh, and if it really goes bad next year, I don't think it's going to matter. You know, the financial terms, whatever, you know, you're not going to owe a big buyout, but you still don't want to be in that place where you're you know, a losing record and you have to make a coaching change a year after doing a contract extension. So... A couple of things here. Um, I feel like even the biggest detractor who would say, you know, Michigan has to move on from Harbaugh. This is a failed experiment. It isn't working and it won't work. Even the most ardent believer in that, I think, would have to reasonably say that right now is a like near worst possible scenario for hiring right. a coach between 
uh, COVID situation between what the market looks like right now. Like if there were three obvious, like yeah. if you, if you go after that guy, it makes a ton of sense, but like, I don't see that out there. So if, if you're going to make a hire where you're bringing in a new coach under restricted scenario, we just saw it with Michigan state, how difficult it is to operate your first year when you're not even able to leave campus. Right. It's almost, you're not almost a, a waste. Like, you have no, yeah. you get no juice behind coming in. Right. right? So, in my view, like if you look out, if you look at this outside of the vacuum of the here and now, and look at a big picture, right? If we're talking in 2035 and they made a, a move right now, we'd be like, "Why the fuck did Michigan decide to make that huge move in the middle of that craziest time possible?" Right? Like, it's win-win. Where if look, even if they suck next year and go six and six and there's zero development and it's, you know, man, uh, Ward Manual decides to pull the trigger. I don't see it being that much dramatically different than doing it now, other than you wasted another year, but whatever, right? So you, you'd be putting yourself in position to make a better hire. And um, on the other side of it, if it works, great, right? Okay, now that was the thing that it was always supposed to be. So, you know, I agree with Andy's take that, like, I think it was a pretty shrewd play. By, by Ward and Michigan to kind of wait this thing out because, you know, my read on it a little bit is that Harbaugh um, didn't necessarily want to leave, but that he thought that by waiting, you know, Michigan would eventually have to bend and probably give him terms that were more advantageous for him. And they waited it out a little bit. And I think it was, a, you know, I don't, I don't know if it was a miscalculation by Harbaugh, but, you know, in the end, Michigan got what it wanted. Well, I, it got a lower contract, and it doesn't have to go make a hire right now in a situation where nobody wants to go make a hire right now. Right. I think you said it. I, Michigan, from the start of this, was you know choosing – I guess not from the start, but from the start of this in terms of this year when they started having these, you know, like we got to deal with something with this thing. Uh, they were choosing between two flawed scenarios. They were choosing between two less than ideal, I guess you would say. Um, not ideal to bring back a coach at $8 million who has had serious regression. Maybe not even ideal to bring him back at all, you know, given the trajectory of the program the last couple of years. You could argue that too, and I don't think I could fight that hard with you. But at the same time, like you said, Brandon, it's extremely difficult and not ideal to, to do a coaching search in a pandemic, um, to ask that person to then come in here. You'd be, you'd be talking about, you'd be introducing this person today. You know, you'd have, you know, Okay, man, go out there and recruit virtually. You just lost your whole class, by the way. Uh, now you got to spend yep. the next two, two, two or three weeks on Zoom calls with kids probably being like, yeah, I'm good, man. <laughs> Not answering them. I guess you never know, but this is the scenario that they'd be dealing with. And you don't know if you're going to have spring ball. You don't know if you're going to be able to go on the road uh, and do anything else. I don't even know if you can meet in person with uh, assistant candidates or how often, you know, what all that entails. Yep. So none of it was ideal. Um, but at the same time, it was obviously a situation that had gotten like something had to happen here. And I, I think that Harbaugh, what I would say is this, the, part of the reason why it went on so long, there's two things, uh, you know, one, the season ending changed a lot of stuff. I think Harbaugh obviously was in a situation where, uh, when Michigan came to him originally broaching the idea of like, you know, this is probably going to happen. Uh, I think he'd already surveyed his NFL landscape and found that it wasn't ideal. Uh, and when I say it not ideal, I mean he was not going to get a job of his choosing. He was not, you know, even going to be promised to get a job no matter what. And yeah, I mean, I guess he could have. I don't. I, I guess my point is, I don't know if he was actively dragging his feet um, in hopes that something would come open. Maybe he was dragging his feet just in case. I don't know. But well, I thought you made the interesting point in your column, Nick, where you mentioned. That uh, people around Harbaugh were under the belief that um, that he would assign basically anything yeah. Emmanuel put in front of him, as long as he felt that Michigan was actually committing to him and not just basically picking the less of, right. lesser of two. And that people. was the other piece at play here, which when it was brought up, you know, back in November, like, do you think he'll sign it? And it was like, well, if he thinks if he thinks you're trying to get one over on him. And you're just trying to take away any kind of negotiating rights that he has, and saying you have to sign this because you don't have any other options. So just do it. Like then he's not going to. Then he's going to drag his feet. and He's going to make it difficult. If he thinks that you're genuinely all in on this, 
and that you, you know, have a plan and want to work it with him and, and hope that he's here long term, then yeah, I think he would have signed whatever. I don't know if they ever got to that. And I think that the, you know, I think they met formally with the contract offer, like the 17th or 18th, it was a Friday in December. And so from there until last Friday, it was like three weeks, more or less, once Harbaugh had the contract in his hands. And I think that he went over the money part of it. I think he went over, do I want to do this? Uh, and I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure while keeping one eye on the NFL as well, though I don't know if it was so dramatic to a point where he was dragging his feet, you know, to a point where he's like, okay, I've called every single NFL team and have gotten a hard no from all of them. So now I'll sign your deal. I don't think it was quite that. But like you said, I think there was a lot of things probably at play there. And then at the end of the day, like Austin said, I mean, it would have to get really bad for them to regret this deal, I guess. But at the same time, it doesn't promise that you're not going to be here uh, in 12 months doing it again. Yeah, I will. Austin, Austin, you wrote that he was betting on himself, right? That basically this amounts to him betting on himself. Yeah. Do you think that because of the terms are so laden in incentives or do you believe it that just in terms of him actually staying at Michigan and wanting to do, wanting to make it what it was supposed to be. Yeah, I think it's both. I, I think it is some of both. Yeah. That when you look at the structure of the deal, like you know, if he wants to make his eight million, he's got a pathway to do that. But he's got to win the Big Ten. He's got to win the national championship. <laughs> win the whole thing. <laughs> and if there's one person out there, you know, that uh, has that level of self belief that that's possible, it's Jim Arbaugh. I doubt that many other people see that as being possible here. But uh, you know, that that's kind of who Jim Arbaugh is. If you you know, you, you give him a give him that challenge that hey. You know, we're, we're going to give you this incentive laden deal and you can go out there and earn your money. He's, you know, he's the kind of guy who's going to go out there and do it or try to do it. Uh, I will say that, you know, the, the timing of the contract, it makes a little more sense to me having seen the contract. Uh, because I think all of us, you know, in the middle of this, we're like, okay, what could they possibly be talking about now? Right. Like, this looks so simple. Right. Uh, you know, why why are we 40 days now past Michigan's last game of the season and we don't have any resolution on this? And look, I still don't believe that they had to wait until December 20 or whatever it was, December 18th to actually get together. Like there was a point after that Penn State game where it was pretty clear that you're probably not going to play again this season and they could have been having these conversations. Um, but I don't blame Jim Harbaugh for for letting this go on a little bit after seeing the deal that he signed. I think that's probably, you know, a, a prudent thing on his part is like, yeah, let it play out a little bit. If you know, if you're going to agree to these terms, agree to this salary, agree to this buyout, to some degree, he would have been doing himself a disservice if he didn't at least, you know, give some space in there that if some NFL team wants to come in there and offer him a job, like, yeah, you're going to listen to that. If you're, you know, if, no matter who you are, if your employer offers you a 50% pay cut, you're probably going to be like, okay, let me, uh, you know, let me assess my options here a little bit before I just sign on the dotted line. So, you know, I, I don't, I understand, I think, a little more why it took as long as it did after seeing the contract because it's just you know it's pretty pretty unusual and almost unprecedented for a coach in Jim Harbaugh's position to agree to a contract like this which is such a a drastic departure from the contract that he had and what he was guaranteed for next year, you know, that $8 million to take a 50% pay cut. Like, I understand why it took him some time ultimately to get to that resolution. And there's also, I've, I've got to add here, there's some there's an underlying nuance to this that, well, not, not the driving factor necessarily or something that whatever, but this is Jim Arbaugh who came here under a situation where it was like, hey, man, here you go. You got the job. Here it is. Do anything you want, and we will be here to support you with bells on, right? The first several years, he did anything he wanted. There were no, the word no was never used. I mean, signing of the stars, trips overseas, IMG in Florida, on and on and on. Weight room rebuilt, Schimbeckler renovated, everything. Everything he asked for, you know, he got. This was the guy who could get anything he wanted from these, from these guys. And suddenly, you now find yourself in a situation where you're, Ward Manuel in the athletic department, kind of like trying to remind him we're your boss. It's not the other way around. So you're sort of shifting that. And I don't want to say that this was like a power struggle because that's not really what this was, I don't believe. Um, but there was an underlying part of this, piece of this, that Jim Harbaugh was hired here by Jim Hackett, 
who recruited him, you know, hard for that for that month of December and that final year, you know, made him feel like a billion dollars, everything else, you know, they, they grew close. They got along really well. When Jim Hackett left after, what was a year and a half, Brando, you remember Harbaugh wanted him to stay. He wanted him to remain. It wasn't mm-hmm. anything that he had against Ward, but he was very close with Jim Hackett and that operation that they had. And then Ward comes in and, you know, they're, he was a freshman on Harbaugh's senior team at Michigan. Obviously, you know, they know each other. They respect each other. But they're not close. They weren't close. They weren't best friends. They weren't operating under that situation or scenario. And then this comes along and it's suddenly like, all right, Ward, like this is, you know, you've hired Juwan Howard, you've hired a hockey coach, but this is the, this is the big one. This is why you're here to monitor this football program. And now you have to be the person who reminds Jim Harbaugh that yes, you do have a boss. It is me. And we are going to have a conversation about your contract and it's going to end with you signing something with less money or you leaving. That's that's the situation. And that is not probably the easiest of conversations to have, even though it is your job. But I'm just saying there there was a dynamic there that was different than I think most scenarios in this situation. This is a very unique situation. It's not normal. I don't think that we can com- – is there anything else we can compare this to? I don't I don't know. But, like, it was – I thought that that part of it, the Ward-Harbaugh dynamic, it's interesting and unique and Schlissel's part in there too. It's just a – Michigan is not normal. It's not a normal school, and it's not. it doesn't have a normal football coach. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. I mean, in Ward's statement, he said, you know, the, the quote was there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this was a pre-written thing that they could have said whatever they wanted. And the line is there. Our program didn't achieve at a level that anyone expected this year. But I know those setbacks will drive the coaches, players moving you gotta forward. you got to say that. Block, block. Yeah, that's like, Ward it, Yeah, it, it, this was not a, like, we're all in on, on Harbaugh. It's, it, there is acknowledgement that. Um, this thing isn't isn't going the way anyone um, right, and that was important. Could possibly that was important. Think is we talked reasonable. We talked about let alone yeah, acceptable. We talked about that in October, <laughs> November, whatever. Like war, and he did it. And that's the thing where I would give Ward credit is that, and 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 I will give him credit because I know how this worked, and I know that Michigan at large put this on Ward's shoulders and said, Ward, do get get us out of you know mm-hmm. one way or the other. You need to. Uh, this is your job. You need to do it. You're the one driving the ship. You let us know when it's done, right? That I mean, I don't think it was quite <laughs> that cut and dry, but it was. I think it was pretty close. And so you credit him for getting through the whole thing, but also ultimately, yeah, man, he had to he had to evaluate a situation that up until like this year, I'm not sure it was evaluated. It was Jim Harbaugh's here, and we're lucky to have him, and that's how we're going to operate as a football program. That is no longer the reality. This is not business as usual, and I think it was very important for Ward Manual to. I don't know how this is going to work, but to establish that, to put that, like you said, to get that thing and get that in writing and saying that this was not acceptable on our standards. Our standards are not insane, but this wasn't good enough and he needs to be better and he works for us and we're in charge of this football program and the university. I think that was important to note somewhere in here in this whole, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So it was reported that these conversations started last year after last season, the Ward Manual and Jim Harbaugh were talking about a yep. contract extension. And then that got tabled when the pandemic happened. I'm really curious. I don't know about you guys. I'm curious what this contract would have looked like if there had been no pandemic and if they had agreed Great to an question. extension last year. And I wonder if Ward Manual is looking at this now, uh, you know, and, Maybe feeling like, man, we kind of dodged a bullet here because we didn't know how we didn't know how the 2020 season was going to go. I mean, nobody predicted anything that was going to happen this year. But if they had if they had done that deal a year ago, I, I wonder how different it would have looked. And in a way, this season, I mean, as strange as this season was, 
Uh, it did, you know, it gave Ward Manuel a chance to, you know, to evaluate some things that I think that we all had been concerned about. And you could see, you know, Michigan, they went nine and four in 2019, lost to Alabama in the Citrus Bowl. Not a bad year, but you mm-hmm. could kind of see some of the cracks forming. And there was a sense that the 2020 season, could, you know, it could maybe go a couple different ways. And then COVID happens, everything happens, just a disaster of a year. Uh, at least, you know, Ward Manuel's, you know, stronger negotiating position coming out of 2020 than he was in 2019. Because after this season, he could say, like, you know, Jim, some of the stuff that, you know, we've kind of been worried about, but it was possible to overlook it yeah. when you were winning nine games a year. We can't overlook it now. Like we gotta, we gotta be honest about where this thing is. Um, and it probably gave Ward Manuel some leverage to do a deal that they would not have been able to yeah. do if they were having these conversations a year ago. Hundred sure. percent. He would have. I mean, it wouldn't even have been. I mean, if they would have went gone to him last September, or October, and said we want you to take a pay cut, he'd have been like, get the hell out of here. They wouldn't have done it. I mean, I think he would have gotten more of that money, or maybe close to it again, if they even got it done January, February. You know what I mean? Before, mm-hmm. before March. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, I mean, like then it then it changed. I mean, circumstances were what they were, and then they weren't. And I think, yeah, ultimately, you credit Michigan for getting out of it in a manageable scenario. But I think the other important piece here is like, I think that what frustrated a lot of people was this. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm speaking out of turn. But when I heard from fans a lot, it was like, are they ever going to ask Jim to be better? Are they ever going to look at him and be like, hey, this this isn't right. good, man. This isn't what we hired you for. We hired you to be urban. You're not him. Like, are they ever going to tell him, we don't think this is good enough. We think you should be better, like at bare minimum. Because Brandon, you were here since day one. I cannot think of one moment until this fall that anyone at Michigan, directly or indirectly, went to Jim Harbaugh and said, this ain't it. This isn't enough there, big guy. We need more from... More from you for eight million dollars a year, and this is what well, th- finally that, this happened. is the problem yeah, when right. this is the problem when the head coach is the highest paid, right. most important, has all power, biggest personality, yeah. the 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 iconic figure. Right? There is no boss. Who the hell would even say something like that? To He's him? got a boss now. Right. Someone from the board is right. going to go over and be like, "Uh, Jim, yeah, this hey, is listen, enough. Yeah, it's not, this 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 ain't cutting cut the mustard, like, Oh right? yeah, really? Yeah. Well, you know, I'm gonna go campaign against you in the next election. <laughs> Let's see how that goes. All right. So, um, what I'm interested in with Harbaugh is like, first of all, when was the last time he spoke? It was that little brief thing right at the end of the season where he was just like, "We'll take care of whatever deal whenever we take care oh, of yeah. whatever mm-hmm. deal." Somewhere yeah, there. the week of the Iowa game that ended yeah. up getting canceled. He did his yeah. Monday, but you know, he was he could still like say, "Oh, I'm in you know, I'm in game mode. Like we're in the season. I'm not going to talk about any of that." So we <laughs> you know, we have not talked minutes. to him yeah. since officially the season ended. As part of like this accountability that you're talking about there, Nick, like I feel like at this point, this, this with this contract coming out, like it is owed to Michigan fans who are have put up with this product for a long time to not just put in a statement, quote, we have a plan, which is what Harbaugh said in his yeah. statement, but to come out, actually speak, actually make yourself available, you know. Have a proper press conference. Do something because we all know it's about to happen, right? They released this contract and no one's going to say a goddamn That's word right. until whenever, right? They're going to make a bunch of coaching changes. No one's going to say anything, right? It'll be painted as a plan in action as opposed to a plan in speaking. But like, at what point does a Jim Harbaugh or a Ward Manuel have to come out and actually speak to the million constituents that pour money into this program um, and be like, no, we don't just have a plan. This is the plan. This is what we're going to do. This is what we expect of ourselves. But no one actually says yeah, that. I mean, like Michigan just gets gets to get away with being Michigan. And the fact that it's able to go on is both impressive of the brand, but also bullshit in reality. I mean, I wouldn't, uh, what I would suggest to you is if you're going to hold your breath on that, would be to buy an oxygen tank. Oh, I'm not. I'm breathing well. I don't think that's going to happen. Because the answer to that would have been in like December, like early December, that should have been something that was discussed. You know, the Mm -hmm. season's over. That was a disaster. Here's how we plan to repair it um here's what we want to just you know or at least like you said i mean like if you finally get a new deal done or whatever but 
No, I mean, that's not going to happen. It, it, we've we've been down this road a few times in certain situa- situations with Harbaugh before where it's obvious they need to make a change at you know in a, in a coaching situation somewhere, and he'll say, we're bringing everybody back, and then a week later he's made a change. I mean, it's just he's not going to mm-hmm. do it ever. Uh, they'll never be able to make him, you know, be a public-facing coach that speaks to us with any kind of, uh, you know, I don't know what the word there would be, but like whether it's a productive session or not, that's not going to happen. Um, he is not someone that's going to go out there and, and sell you tickets by pumping up a crowd or anything like that. That's not going to happen. The only way, I mean, honestly, the only way that this works and the only way it's going to get fixed, uh, and that's why in some ways it, with Harbaugh, this always gets a little refreshing. It's like, it's, it's either going to happen on the field or it's not, there isn't going to be mm-hmm. any, you know, they, and maybe they try to shape some narratives after the fact or whatever, but like. If he wants to get out there and start shaping narratives in year seven about certain, no man, like you should have done that in year one or two. That's over with. So now you got to go win. In that case, I don't think anybody wants to hear it. I mean, I think my, my mm. counter to you would be that. I don't know if I, I would like to hear this plan. I don't know if I would like yeah, to hear. Yeah, yeah, plan. yeah. I'm sure, but like, I don't know if fans are interested in hearing his, you know, ultimate conversation that would devolve into reasons why it hasn't worked. Rather than reasons why, you know, what's stopping you? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if people are interested in it. Sure. So, yeah, we have a plan. And I guess we'll have to see what your plan is. But, uh, you know, I don't know if fans are interested in hearing it. Hearing it from him one way or the other. Maybe they are. I don't know. Yeah, I I mean, I think, think, you know, Michigan has got to be careful. You know, they Michigan cannot take for granted that fans are just going to support yeah, whatever wow. they put out there. And you know maybe there was a situation back in 2015 where the attitude could be look, you know, to the fan base, we gave you guys every single thing you want. Everything so you all for. just be quiet yeah. and let this man work. <laughs> Don't yeah. question him. Uh, let him do his thing and you know, we did our part. We got you the coach you wanted, you know, the best guy on paper we could possibly have in this job. And so we don't owe you guys anything. We're just going to let him do his thing. We're obviously not at that point anymore. And I think, you know, I think part of if if Michigan fans felt any satisfaction at all in seeing that contract extension, I think it was the satisfaction of knowing like, okay, our administration is not like, totally detached from reality. Like they understand <laughs> right, yeah. what is happening on the field. Like if Not Michigan had given Jim Harbaugh yeah. $7 million a year, fans would have, you know, they would have been in the streets. Like they would have right. been saying, right. what are you guys watching and why is it so different from what, what we're seeing? So, you know, I think that contract at least communicates to fans like, you know, Ward Manuel gets it. Like he's not happy with what happened. Uh, but Brendan, I mean, to your point, I, you know, I kind of agree with that, that, you know, I, I think fans, like, no, there's nothing that Jim Harbaugh can say right now that would make fans be like, oh, okay, we're convinced. Like, okay, you know, we trust you to do this. Um, but there is more that he could do. And as somebody who was on those Zoom calls all year and, you know, and listened to Jim Harbaugh, uh, you know, do his Monday press conferences and stuff, it did get kind of, you know, kind of tedious and exhausting you know, to tr- just trying to get him to like acknowledge reality, um, right? And a little bit of that, I think, could go a long way. And it's not gonna, you know, it's like I said, it's not gonna make, it's not gonna change everybody's opinions of Jim Arbaugh, uh, but just a little bit of like opening up and you know, letting people into the process a little bit, you know, it, it might make it feel well, for a, a guy who bit preaches accountability yeah, right. to speak in terms of accountability, right? right? Yeah. Well, you've got to live in, you've got to live in the world that exists outside <laughs> those, of your for own For those at home, Nick brain. is now waving his arms. <laughs> you've got to live in reality. You have, you can't ignore reality. And I think that that's what happens sometimes here. You know, that's what happens a lot of times. It's like where he'll come back. Well, I don't know what the big deal was. I had this plan in my head the whole time and this is exactly how, well, you didn't tell anybody anything. You don't talk to anybody. So like no one knows when people speculate. And that's that's mm-hmm. how it often goes. So, you know, I don't know. I think it's too late for any of that. I think he's got to win games. I think it's too late for him to go out and massage any goodwill with people. He's got to go win. I think that's why this is sort of interesting. I, mean, I'm not, I think it's a matter of massaging goodwill. I think it's a matter of accountability. Oh, fair enough. But, you know, ultimately um, his accountability will be judged on, you know, whether or not he pulled us out of the fire. And I think that that's – and, I and again, we talked – Austin and I talked about this a little bit last Friday, I think. 
like people have already started asking like what's that look like you know like what would happen if they're like eight and four or something again and you're like well i gotta tell you uh then someone's gonna have to make a really difficult decision on whether or not that's good enough or you know if there's if there's something that you think is coming on the other side or if this has topped out because i mean we're getting close to calling it a spade here you know i mean at, at some point here i assume and they're, they're going into a season with a favorable schedule, home games, Washington, Ohio State, MSU, Northwestern, Rutgers, Northern Illinois, Western Michigan, right? So you get, get the eight. your biggest two rivals at home. Um, your, your primary non-conference game is at home. Uh, and then away, you have Wisconsin, Indiana, Penn State, Nebraska, Maryland, Good right? Not easy at <laughs> all, right? Indiana's cooking. Wisconsin's Wisconsin. Penn State's probably going to be back on the uptick. Yeah. Um, who knows about Nebraska, Maryland, but you know, in terms of what the big 10 can be, sure. you have to consider that an advantageous schedule if you are Michigan, right? So, you know, if you roll out there and go six and six, well, seven yeah, and five, and there's, and there's a $4 million buyout sitting there, which is pretty much nothing. Right. I, I don't know. I don't know. I would think that like Austin said, if he wins 10 games or something, that would be your sign that like maybe things are... He'd look like a genius. You would, you, you would like have to do something that makes last year look like an aberration. And mm-hmm. you would have to do something that makes it look like you have made massive strides from when 2019 ended. And I think that that, uh, from where I'm sitting as, we, as we're as we talking today, you know, that to me means that you're going into the last game of the season against Ohio State with uh, a trip to India on the line. That's, that's what mm-hmm. that means to me. And if... And I don't know if it's like you do this or else you're fired or whatever. I don't know if that that's just not the real world. But you know, I mean, average or below average or more of the same to me would be like, and what, what are we? What are you doing? Why did you even go through yeah. all the the struggle to right. get all that put into place, the low buyout, everything else? You know, the difficult conversations. If you're not going to act on it, and I and I would I would think that because I'll say this again, it was never Ward's, um, you know, like preference to fire Jim. I don't think it was ever even right. in his, uh, he hasn't said this, but you know, based on conversations with people who he's spoke with, that was never a consideration of his. He wanted it to work with Jim. That was not uh, a consensus. I don't think in the, uh, you know, whatever of Michigan power brokers, there were some people that thought, I think maybe it's time to move on. I don't think it was enough, but I think some people were like, I think his guys had all the opportunities he needs and it's not working. So uh, yeah, I mean, if they're bad or average or whatever, then I think it'd be easier to just call it what it is and go forward. It might even be for Jim, too. I mean, it might be something where he says, you know what, it's not working. Let's move on. Yeah, I mean, if there's Speaking any attitude that, like, okay, we're, like, we're Michigan. Like, huh? you know, yeah, we, you know, we had a rough year in 2020, but we're still Michigan. We'll be fine. Like, just look at that division. You know, Ohio State, yeah, they're going to lose some guys, but they're going to replace them with five-star top 100 players. Ohio State's going to be fine. Uh, Indiana, best year in their history they just had. They've got their quarterback coming back. Right. They're going to be good. Penn State, bad start. Won four in a row at the end. They've been good under James Franklin. You think they'll be okay. Michigan State, you can say whatever. You know, Michigan right. you know, should, should win that game next year, but didn't happen this year. Uh, and Maryland and Rutgers, Michigan finished behind Maryland and Rutgers. They almost this lost year. to Rutgers. <laughs> Both of those programs are on the way up and right. Michigan's on the way down. Like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you like, well, of course, like Michigan's going to finish in the top half of the division next year. I don't know. I don't know. And Maybe are not. any of those programs overhauling their coaching staffs? You know, most of those places, I imagine, That's probably have a little bit more thing. continuity, even with thing. Michigan happens, keeping Harbaugh. This happens here every two years. They overhaul mm-hmm. stuff all the time here. This isn't. Like, that was another thing that sort of scratches your head where it's like, well, this is a restart. No, he's already restarted this thing like three different times. So this is like the fourth. And it's like, I, I think that no one was ready to ter- throw in the towel for a lot of reasons. And it comes back to n- neither Michigan was in the middle of two situations that weren't ideal. And I think they picked the one that was the most manageable probably in the moment. And we'll see if it pays off. I, I, I don't know. But I mean... Whatever the plan is, yeah, I mean, maybe it's best to keep it under wraps because if you come out and say more of the same and that's your plan, nobody's going to want to hear that either. So, you know, I guess we'll see how that goes. And I I believe, so I mentioned the staff turnover, right? So if I have it right, Austin, I think I read in your piece, six assistant coaching contracts are expiring today. 
Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, and some of those guys may be back. Uh, you know, they may get new deals. Mm-hmm. Like Ed Warner, I think he's one of them who's on an expiring contract. Uh, you know, and he very well could be back. But yeah, I think the expectation is that it's going to be a, a pretty much a complete turnover on the coaching staff. And that's where you know, I mean, you brought up the point of like if you have this great plan, like at some point you got to kind of clue everybody in on what it is. Like if that plan is. We're going to hire Derek Mason as our defensive coordinator. We're going to get Joe Moorhead to come in and be the co-offense coordinator with Josh Gaddis. Like, you know, those things that have kind of been, you know, rumored and talked about. Like, if that stuff comes to fruition, then, you know, at least I think your fan base is like, okay, like they're serious. You know, they're, they're really, you know, they're doing something bold here to try to, you know, to try to turn this thing around. But the flip side of that is if you end up with something that feels, you know, maybe a little underwhelming based on some of, the, yeah, some of the expectations that mm-hmm. formed in that long period of time where there was nothing definitive, you know, like the, you know, the word now is that they've got their eye on the linebackers coach with the Ravens to come in and be the defensive coordinator. Could be a good hire. Don't really know anything about him. Uh, young guy, didn't play college football, uh, has never been a play caller. I don't think has ever recruited at the college level. Who knows? Could be fine, but that's not the kind of thing that <laughs> it's a recommendation paper. from his brother. Like, I, look, this guy could be a genius, and I'm not acting like I know anything right. about it's this. It's more of the same, but like, isn't it? <laughs> just the, the look of it, I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> what? <laughs> like when there are potentially proven know, dudes out there who've done it, I'm like, that it's seems impossible a to crazy it's impossible to me. To, it's impossible to offer <laughs> someone who says that uh, proof to, d- to tell them that that's like you're, you're looking in the wrong spot because it looks exactly like the same hire that we've seen. Same for- thing. The same thing. I mean, and like, and I again, do wonder he- if this is where if this is where Ward can carry a little weight no, and no, actually no. for the first time be like, no, well, it's too- that's not going to be your hire. It's too late now um, on something because, <laughs> well, that's the other part of this is they allowed this thing to go on as long as it did and you need to make decisions. Sure. And Austin said it. I mean, Mike McDonald's with uh, the Ravens. They just want a playoff game. So it's like, well, he'll join the team whenever uh, the playoffs are over. Okay. Well, uh, there's still like possibly a few more weeks of that. You know, it's certainly this, you know, another week here. And it's like. Can this guy recruit? Well, I think he was a student assistant at Georgia who had done a little recruiting in a spot like four, you know, six years ago. You know, as a young person who potentially, possibly could, but no, I mean, no, he doesn't have. He's been with the Ravens since 2014 or 13, one of the two. So no, and the answer on that one was again long term. And again, I don't think everyone on the staff is going to be gone. I think they will keep some, obviously. Um, but the staff needs to be better from a recruiting standpoint. So if you were hiring a guy like this to run your defense, then you need to surround him with better position coach hires in terms of recruiting. You need to find guys who can recruit to help him and vice versa, you know, offensive side too. I mean, it, that's a big piece of this and we'll see. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a big, we'll see is what are you going to do with your recruiting staff? What are you going to do with your strength staff? Are those two up to snuff? Are they up to par? Because God, I mean, we just said it. They almost lost to Rutgers. They were two and four. They were a complete disaster. You tell me what world exists where they shouldn't be looking at literally every single person who has a key card to that building and being like, what is it that you do here? And uh, is it good enough? That, I mean, exhaustive or not, that's the process that has to be happening, I would think. And if anything short of that is happening, then this is all just paper pushing for the sake of paper pushing. I mean, that's that's the deal. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10 
$10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Yeah, Brendan, you know, to your point earlier, you know, turnover, staff turnover in college football, like, it does happen. Like, you know, Penn mm-hmm. State, like, they just, they hired Kirk Scirocco to run their offense a year later, He's out. So, you know, it's not just a Michigan thing that that happens. Like, you know, even successful programs do have staff turnover. But it does feel like Michigan has even been, you know, at another level. And it's just this cycle of, like, a guy comes in, everybody's really excited about him. You know, maybe they're, you know, year one, you you know, you're talking about, oh, you know, we can build on this, we can build on that. Year two, it's like, oh, you know, that wasn't what we hoped for. <laughs> Year three, it's like, hey, mm-hmm. who's the next guy we're going to go out there and bring in to the staff to change things up? And, like, at some point, if you're changing everything else but the guy at the top, you have to be like, okay, any of these other moves, are they going to accomplish what we want? Or do we have to just at some point accept that it's not – there's not going to be a magic solution with the coaching staff that's going to turn right. Michigan from a you know average team into a really good team? Right. The logo and just saying that you're Michigan can't be the culture. Like, and I know it's an overused word, but there needs to be some level of continuity of culture within any successful program. I mean, that's just in any sport. It's this that that has to exist. Well, kids and have it's to, impossible. Yeah. The kid It's impossible when it's just bodies coming in waves in in the offices. Right. That they've never met before or have no right. Yeah, and it's uh, yeah, no, I agree. So Anything? Well, I think Jeez. that ultimately it's like, you know, <laughs> what a lot of fans, I think when you get down to it was like we said earlier, uh, you know, are they going to be, are they going to be accountable for the issues? Are you going to be, are you going to hold anyone accountable for this? Are you going to do anything that signals to your supporters that you don't think this is okay? And I think that that's something that gets asked to Harbaugh an awful lot. Like, are you, are you going to do something about all this? What is that going to look like? Are you going to, you know, if you've already done it with Don Brown, so, you know, you know what ha- if that's going to be all his fault, I guess that's another argument that you could make on another day if this all goes back to his feet. But, like, that's the ultimate thing. Are you going to hold anybody responsible for this? Or are you just going to allow people to just keep going based on things they've done in the past? The Jim Harbaugh coach from the Super Bowl before. Yeah, cool. It was eight years ago. This is also college, by the way. It's not the NFC East. So it's a little different, right? And I think that he needs to figure out once and for all, if he can connect and motivate and relate to players of a certain age, at this age, at this level, if he can't, then he needs to move on and do it and, and with his coaching career. That's Jim Harbaugh. I mean, that's that to me is where this is at. Are you organized enough with 18 to 22-year-olds? Can you connect with them well enough? Can you relate to them on their level to teach them properly and install confidence into them and still install whatever? into them to a point where they can hang on and not just drop the rope in the middle of the game because like, well, this is hopeless because that is what we saw on the field last year. And that is really alarming. And so to me, it's, it's, it's a, it's a culture thing right at, right at the stop. He's got to, he's got to start a new one just like he did when he came in here the first time. It's the difference is now is you're cleaning up your own mess, which I don't know how often that works. Yeah. The way I'd say it is Michigan gave him, they, they gave him a lifeboat. You know, yeah. if he wanted to get off, that contract that he signed, he would have been justified to say, well, I can tell I'm not wanted here. Yeah. I'm going to go find another job. Even if it's not a head coaching job in the NFL, he could have gotten an, another job. Yes. And looking at that contract, he might have been justified to say that. Uh, so he made the decision, I'm going to come back here and I'm either going to get this thing turned around or I'm going to go down with the ship. <laughs> One <laughs> right. of the two. And we're, mm-hmm. we're going to find out. Um, yeah. I mean, and so... In terms of what's next here, guys, like there's obviously going to be turnover, um, but in staff, I mean, but in terms of the spring, like what 
fill me in here. What is the talk like? What are you hearing in terms of spring ball? What is this actually going to look like uh, moving forward here in terms of the circumstances that that we're under? Like, what what is Michigan going to be looking like in terms of navigating what's next? Yeah, I mean, are they going to have a normal? Ooh, spring those ball? are two confused faces. <laughs> I'm trying to hmm. say the best way to put. It. I mean, it depends on COVID. I think. Yeah. Like right, a lot of it depends right. on COVID. I I think that you know based on what we saw in the fall, they should. I would assume they should be able to have some sort of a spring session. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if it's just working with yourself, which would be massive for everyone. Uh, Other student college. athletes will be on campus. Yeah, as well. I mean, you know. Depends on COVID, I think. You know, if they can get, if COVID numbers, you know, by the time March or April come around are manageable and you can get through that and you can have a reasonable, you know, 15 practices to get yourself ready, you'll have a coaching staff by then. Everything will be in, in place. Although we've seen Harbaugh before sometimes, uh, that's like a couple weeks before spring. I, that's another thing. Get your staff ready bef- uh, more than six days before spring practice starts. Probably would help. Uh-huh. Probably would help. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. So that would be a goal if, if you're looking at things that they can do. Get that thing taken care of before you're in a reasonable position to start a spring ball. But I, I would think that spring practice would be predicated on, you know, if COVID is makes it allowable, then you should be able to do that, which would be a huge deal uh, for them. And otherwise, I think there's probably some roster stuff to look at, too, in terms of yeah. transfers and things like that. you got to figure out who your quarterback is. Yep. Is, is Joe Milton back? You're going to give it another try with Joe Milton? Are you going to say Cade McNamara won the job at the end of the year, so he goes in number one? Are you going to say wide open McNamara, Milton, J.J. McCarthy, McCarthy. five-star freshman coming in, everybody have at it? I don't know. I mean, the quarterback thing is a big question for me because I I don't – I mean, there's just – there's absolutely no favorite to me as I look at it in that job. It's just totally Mm -hmm. wide open. All over the place. I mean, this does – Yeah. What's interesting is that this was a, you know, extending Harbaugh – and and kind of doubling down on the plan to an extent. I know they didn't like throw a shit ton of money at it, but you're still kind of doubling down on the plan. Um, in some ways, it's kind of a move indicating stability. But at the same time, it's like there's right now where from where I'm standing, there's a decent chance that week one next year, going into week one next year, it is a Who's going to start this game? That's right. And by the way, it's a first-year defensive coordinator who we have no idea what the hell he's going to do. And it's just going to be like deja vu all over again. And how does anything different actually play? You got to go win. I don't know. Go win some games. I mean, that's it. That's what the whole thing comes down to now. It's the same as it was when um, Hoke went into his last year. And it was people mm-hmm. were like, well, you know, he, he was in a different scenario. Uh, the The, you know, the level of time people were going to wait on him to get it turned around is shorter than what it would be for someone like Harbaugh who has a resume that would, you know, like it's just a better coaching resume. But now that's where it's at. Like if, if week two is Washington at home, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you get run off the field in week two at home against Washington, we have our answer. We don't need to, we don't need to see anymore. There will be no more like, well, that was a fluke. Well, if, if that hadn't happened, that, how many times have we heard these narratives for Harbaugh for five and a half, six years? Yes. Well, it was so-and-so's fault. Well, it was O'Corn's fault. Well, if that guy hadn't done that. Well, if that... Oh, my God. There's like a thousand of them now. Like, at the, a couple years ago, maybe one or two, you could <laughs> held water. But now, right. man... All of that Meanwhile, is Ohio State takes They're Ohio State takes its JV tonight. team yeah, right. up to Michigan State and beats a team that beat you on your home so field. That's it. It's there's <laughs> no more stuff. So in some ways, for a lot of people, all that clutter about right. you know, well, I mean, if only Harbaugh could, you know, no, like no, you either can do it or you can't. You can get this turned around or you can't. We will know in twelve months or we won't. You know what I mean? Like that's where I'm sitting at it right now. I guess the only murkiness would be as if. You're nine and three, ten and two, and somehow people don't think that was good enough. I, you know, that would be another conversation. But you know, I don't know if if you're ten and two, uh, you know, after what we, people just went through, I think that uh, they'd be a little happier and uh, maybe a little more encouraged at where this thing's going because that would be a lot. That would be a very impressive. That'd be coach of the year level stuff, right? Yeah. You got him to that point. Oh, then it, then then I'll get more than four million dollars. Probably you probably would. You get right. some of those incentives. <laughs> get that bonus money. There you go. I'm going to say this now, and you guys hold me to it because this happens every year. It's mm-hmm. like you know, I sit here it, after the season in January and February, 
And I look at this team like, I don't know. And then, (laughs) you know, you get to preseason and you start to be, you know, you start to hear like, oh, this guy's looking really good. I mean, we did the, you know, we did this with Joe story, And, you know, (laughs) like we all got kind of pulled. I got pulled into it a little bit like, boy, Joe Milton looks really good in practice. And you get to the beginning of the season, you like convince yourself that, you know, they're, you know, they're going to surprise some people like. We can't do that this year. Like we just can't. Like I oh, can't do that. Oh, I, like uh, people I, it's will. It's gonna be also. totally like you, you can't show you it to can, me on the field. Will. Show it yeah. to me on the field, right. and we're not gonna we're we're not gonna do this hype thing again. We just can't. More now than ever, because I think that last year proved that they were they were working at a lower level. Because inter- I that you know the Milton thing aside, I mean the down, the talent depth across the roster was alarming last year. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, to your point, I mean that's there 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 will be no. You know, it's you either do it or you don't, man. Like that, you will see it. Right. We'll see it. You'll know it. It's not. It's football's not a. It's not a. Well, you know. I mean, it only <laughs> is that way if you allow it to be. It's a pretty mm-hmm. clear game if you uh, yeah. look at it objectively. I, I just remember, like this season will be the perfect is the perfect example, right? They go, they beat Minnesota. We recorded a podcast that week going into the Michigan State game. That if you go back and listen oh, yeah. to it, 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 like, it oh, yeah. sounds insane. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like an alternate universe. And then I remember watching like even the first quarter of that Michigan State game, where Michigan scored a touchdown and Gus Johnson's like, "This is Bo Schembechler's Michigan. Like Michigan is back, right? It's like uh. five quarters of football, and it's re- like it's okay. It's it, it's all." Coming into place and, and Michigan's Michigan and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, you're right. Like, get to uh, November of next year without the tires falling off and the wagon falling off the cliffside, like, yeah. before, you know, anointing anything or anyone. Go earn something. Go earn something. <laughs> like, how, how, you know, like, that's what the, that's what his first team's situation was that he got here. You know, they were five yeah. and seven coming off a terrible year, first coach. Talent wasn't any different. Same talent. They had a small recruiting class that wasn't very good that came in that year. They didn't bring in anybody new. It was the same team. And they went out and turned it around. They had good players. Maybe there's some dormant ones laying here. We'll see. But, you know, that's it. That team had to go earn it. They turned it around. No one thought they, they'd be able to do that. And they did. So either this team can or can't. <laughs> and that'll be – I mean, I know that that sounds whatever. But, like, there is no more. It's been seven years. There's no more of this – well, he needs more time or he needs this or he needs that. Like you've had an opportunity to do ev- literally everything you wanted possibly here. And so if you have it, if you don't have something in place, then that's on, that's on you. And uh, there's no other, there's nowhere else to reach. I mean, the only other thing I Ooh. guess would be what else could you claim here at this point? Like we w- wait till we get NIL. I mean, like how many more times do we have to wait until you get something before you can prove that you can be, you know, what you're being paid to be. Yeah. Any parting thoughts from you, Austin? Are you enjoying the Michigan beat, by the way? <laughs> yes. I tried, uh, I tried to tell you. I qualified yes. Uh, I, tried, I tried to tell you. <laughs> uh, you know, like, next year when we get through this COVID thing, I think it'll feel a little more like actually covering a real college football beat because, I mean, you know this, Brendan, too, from doing basketball. Like, it just it doesn't feel like we're actually doing the yeah, job that sure. we do right now. And that's, sure. you know, it's hard, but it's life. And a lot of people have it worse, so I'm not going to – not going to complain about mm-hmm. it, but not going to complain when things get back to normal either. Yeah, we did just cover a six-game season. <laughs> so. I added up six games in 611 days. Like all of so. this stuff that we do, uh, podcasts and breakdown, it's for six six football games. Six horrible. <laughs> kind of, de- kind of depressing when you think about too. it that yeah, way. Right. Horrible <laughs> games. What a year. Well... The good news for Michigan is that basketball team isn't isn't too bad. So uh, make sure you're following along at the Athletic for oh, all the latest on, on Michigan basketball. Uh, is Dylan uh, did has Dylan bought a yacht yet? With all the uh, football's bad, <laughs> basketball's good subs yet? I mean, that's like this is like right. the wheelhouse time for uh, for Dylan here. Yeah, yeah, and we're uh, we're fairly used to it. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say this is the old you know? the old hope tradition, right? Whenever football would do. Beeline would take Nick, off. the animosity in that tweet that you sent the other day, I thought was a little uncalled Which for. Which one? You're like, oh, God forbid you don't follow a, or cover a shitty team or whatever oh, you tweeted at me. I didn't say it that. I said it's about time you got to cover about a good time. team. Which, you know, it is about time, Brendan. I was getting worried about you. You haven't you haven't covered a, you know, undefeated, top-ranked Final Four contender in like all of, a, what, a year. So, as the rest of us here in Detroit just languish with all these teams that we're covering. 
poor Max and Cody and James, for crying out loud. James has to introduce himself to every new piston on the team probably every 30 seconds. <laughs> that roster's changed so much. But it's doing a hell of a yeah, job. Oh, yeah, it's all great. Yeah, we should say. You too, Brendan, by the way. Yeah. Oh, hey, thanks, yeah. pal. Um, all right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll leave it on that. But, hey, while you're, uh, while you're at it, make sure you check out the whole Athletic Detroit team. Uh, they're doing awesome stuff, right? Hockey's going. So Starting back Boltman, up, yep. I think camp the young back. stud himself, just a beast. Mm-hmm. I feel like people think, like, assume that Max is, like, our age. But Max and, is, like, 20-something still. It's yeah. ridiculous. And we joke, but the, <laughs> but the Pistons are back going again, and they have a ton of crazy stuff happening, and James is all over all of it. So They are interesting. They yeah. are certainly interesting. Um, all right. Well, that'll do it for this week. Uh, make sure you are following along at The Athletic. Make sure you are subscribed to The Athletic. Make sure you're subscribed to this podcast. Leave us a review if you'd be so kind. And uh, now more than ever, be sure to tip your bartenders and servers.